Live from State Street in the Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Name it, Waddle. Uh, Tainted Love. Very good. Very By good. who, I'm not 100% sure. Neither neither am I. I think it's fairly famous, though, right? Could hear Tainted their voices. Hmm. But whatever. Um, today's also Would You Rather Thursday. Send in your Would You Rathers. Hashtag at WS Would You Rather. Tyler's here. He'll read them to you. What's up, Tyler? Or we'll read those that you send in to us. We'll do them during the 4 o'clock hour. It's at Tyler Aki underscore. Uh, and uh, the Chuck Wagon's here in, in place of Meller. And he is CR Bevins 11. Indeed. So you could send them to him as well. Hashtag it again. WS Would You Rather. We've got a, a gift card to the Pride Stores. So we'll make it worth your while. Soft sell was your uh, tainted love. I would never have. I would never have gotten that either. You could have given me a thousand guesses. Uh, You could have given me two (laughs) thousand guesses, and I wouldn't have gotten it. Never would have soft sell. I don't even know if I I heard of that. I'm not sure either. I was shocked when I. I was expecting to recognize like a Tears for Fears, something like in that. sort of genre That's or like a, a group like that yes. I, that I would have recognized. Soft cell didn't register. No, not at all. Yeah, I don't have any other work. Um, so uh, would you rather, coming up at about uh, 440-ish, 445, send them to us via Twitter uh, right now. Uh, I want to take all your phone calls at 312-332-3776. Talking Bears OCs, talking quarterback situation as this continues to be the hot topic. Brock Heward, as we mentioned, obviously was a very, very highly recruited quarterback to the University of Washington. I did not know this, but it was listed on his um, on his uh, Wikipedia page, so it must be true. Did you know that when he committed to Washington, it set off a chain of re- it, uh, like a chain reaction of the recruits sort of settling in because Cade McNown was also interested in Ooh. going to Washington. Brock Hewitt, a much, much more pleasant conversation. Yes, than Cade more McNown. pleasant. And yeah. I believe at that time was a, player. was a better player coming out of high school. Yeah. And uh, Cade was from, I believe, West Lynn, Oregon. Is that near where you're from, uh, Charlie? It's very close. It's about 20 or 30 minutes away. So, I thought he was from Toolville. <laughs> that's where he resides. That's where he, that's came, where that's he, where he lived where he came in from. the Chicago area. He was, he was from Toolville, Toolville, Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm told that he doesn't live there anymore. Al Michaels has told us that. Al, but will, I, Al will vouch for him that he's, he's, he is a reformed tool. One of the, not a tool any longer. One of the, for the, those younger, uh, one of the most unpleasant people. Oh. Waddle had to work with him at uh, Fox 32. And this is after working with Rex Grossman the year before. And Rex was a wonderfully nice guy. Would do anything you asked him to do. It was pleasant. Kate always had an excuse for something and was not the nicest cat on the planet. 
That's just my personal experience. Yes. I hear he's reformed. He's, his yes. personality yes. is different. And yes. Reformed is a I could tell you some good about. stories that I got from the Bears, too. Yeah. From those who drafted him about, like, do you remember he, he dated the Playboy Playmate? Oh, yeah. And, she and, used to come to, to Fox he, at yes, times. Yes, yes. And, and, like, he, it, it, that turned his world upside down. Yeah. And uh, it, it, put it this way. At that time, he was so unpleasant, her presence didn't even lighten the mood. Yeah. Think about that, it. That's, that's impossible. You've got the, you're the quarterback of the Bears. You've got the world by the you-know-what. And you're not nice to anybody. No. I mean, and, was... and he didn't, like, if you've watched the Johnny Manziel story about Johnny Manziel didn't study the, the playbook, didn't go into the iPad. Cade McNown, when he started the game in San Francisco that I, when I was covering the Bears, I was at. It was a game that they didn't pass the 50-yard line. It was right. the game where T.O. set the record at the time that Brandon Marshall eventually beat for 20 receptions. It was Jerry Rice Day, and the Bears were so obsessed with stopping Jerry Rice, they let T.O. be wide open. So T.O. caught 20 passes against the Bears. Mm-hmm. And the Bears, meantime, on offense, did not pass the 50 because Cade did not study the playbook. He didn't know the offense. And he was, he was so unpleasant to Waddle. He was, I had a run-in with him at Bears Fest over at the Hilton. Oh, yeah? Where he put his arm around me and sort of, like, grabbed me almost. Strong in a, arm in you. Yeah, like in a, in a sort of a, not a chokehold, but like, hey, you know, like, what are you doing over here? I'm like, why wasn't you- he number eight? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. And I told you the story. Like, when I took my kids when they were young to that same thing you're talking about, and they were selling. This was after he was gone, and they had the orange jerseys and they had number eights. And I bought a couple of them. They were like ten bucks a piece. And I took them, and they had the McCown nameplate on the back. I took them home and took a razor, and like got the nameplate off the jerseys and gave them my, because my kids were, they were young at the time or younger and they kind of liked the jerseys. And I told them that they were Maury Buford jerseys, but I took I like the nameplate off of the jersey and they, they had themselves a nice orange eight, number eight jersey. Could have made them a, a sexy Rexy jersey Could later. have, could have. It's so funny that McCown, M- McNown and McCown sound so similar and they could not be two separate human beings like one is the nicest guy on the planet yeah. and one was the the biggest jerk on the planet now again like give him credit from like, what may, i understand maybe he's, he's in a better place and he's he's friendlier and happier and i wonder if he regrets it that i don't know but anyway like getting back to brock Heward, i was reading this so cage from west lynn and uh he wanted to go to washington and when when brock Heward declares that he's going to washington McNown then has to go to UCLA. Sort of like what happened to me in Michigan State when Andre Risen decided to take that final scholarship they had for receivers. You have to go so to, to go elsewhere. Yes, yes. So, um, so Brock Heward played at Washington, and he, he resides in that area and now does a sports radio show uh, for um, uh, one of the sports radio stations morning, in Seattle. Guy. Yeah, mo- yeah, morning guy. Yeah, morning guy. And uh, he does a lot of uh, college football games. He's done six games. Uh, for Caleb Williams and USC. So we're like, hey, we want to get to know more about Caleb Williams. And then we didn't know this either. Luke McCown, his brother, or did I say McCown? Uh, Luke Heward, yeah. um, 
Luke Heward is the wide receivers coach for USC. So he's got good intel on Caleb Williams. And we asked him what the Bears should do uh, with Justin Fields and Caleb Williams. Your team should be built in the image of the Baltimore Ravens. There's a reason for 40 years it's been hard to play quarterback because that's a tough place to throw the ball. And I, you, you, you've built a, a pretty terrific defense. But, you know, to me, that is Bully Ball 101. That environment should be Bully Ball 101. You should play to your environment and your surroundings and get back to being the biggest, nastiest bully on the block. And this is a draft that is loaded, loaded with offensive linemen. And I don't know all your needs like you guys do. You know it up close and personal. You see it. You've lived with some of the struggles and the mediocrity. But it sure appears to me you got a defensive-minded head coach that's got a lot of his defensive pieces in place. Now go capitalize like crazy on this draft capital you have to build that bully. Tight end, tackle, guard, running back. I think in Justin Fields, you've got an amazing dual-threat guy. So tell me why that team can't be built in the image of that team out in Baltimore. So as he said that, I, I followed it up by saying, so are you saying, uh, based on what you just said about Justin, you would now pass on Caleb Williams at number one and keep Justin Fields? From afar, that is what I would say. And, and I, again, I don't know all the ins and outs, and so much of this has nothing to do with how you throw a football. It really doesn't. I think I'm f- just falling on that more and more the longer I do this and around all these because there are so many youngsters that can spin a football. Waddle, you, you've seen it. I guarantee you there are guys in high school around the country that spin the football a whole lot better than dudes you played pro ball with in the 80s and 90s. I mean, it's just – so I've seen the most beautiful arm. I've seen the greatest talent. I've seen the greatest athlete. I've seen all of this stuff. But just give me the, the leader of men, and that's what I don't know. I'm not in that facility. I don't sit down and, and know the relationships like you guys do. You tell me. Is he a leader of men? Does he walk into that team room, the offensive meeting room on the practice oh, field? He's very well liked and very well respected. There's no question about that. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's not your guy if, he, if this is the path you're going because Cliff Kingsbury, under Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray's chucking it 550 times a year. If, if you're running this style of offense and bully ball, then that's, that's not a match. Look, Dome or not, like whether you're building a dome, and I heard Cap say that too, like it's going to take five years or whatever to build the building. But like Green Bay for years plays in worse weather than the Bears, and they don't go bully ball. They go with great quarterbacks, and they'll complement it with the run. Like you've always got to, you've always got to have the ability to run the football, and and yeah, you've got to protect the quarterback. I, I, you've got to build the line and all that stuff. But, like, the Buffalo Bills play in terrible weather, and they've got the K-Gun offense with Jim Kelly, and right now they've got a a quarterback who can throw the hell out of the football. Like, Pittsburgh Steelers, yes, they'll be able to run the ball, but Ben Roethlisberger was was able to do it with his arm, and they've had wide receiver after wide receiver after wide receiver. I'm not saying you ever neglect the offensive line. I'm not saying that you ever go all pass, but... I always think that the weather is an overrated thing because a good football team is going to be able to throw the football no matter where they play. Yeah, I think the greatest example of that is up north, like you mentioned, the Green Bay Packers. Their weather's as as bad as ours, if not worse, most of the time. So 
Um, uh, look, I like running the football as well. And if you could convince me that Justin, with the right coaching and the right surroundings, will morph into Lamar Jackson, then I can buy into that. But they're not just running bully ball in Baltimore right now. Like, Lamar threw for 3,700 yards this year. Right. And then, like I said, in his first MVP season, in his second year starting, he threw for 36 touchdowns. Yeah. Justin has 40 touchdowns in his career. Yeah, it's... So, like, like I, I know we like to make the comp with Lamar. And I know that he hasn't had the coaching that Lamar has had. But that's a big divide. It's a huge step. That's a, that's a huge divide. It's not just, to me, a matter of just coaching. No. Here's a more on Brock Heward on what he likes about Caleb Williams. Well, what everybody likes is just a playmaking ability and movement skills in and around the pocket that are just silly. And I also had Lamar Jackson, his very first start. And I remember Petrino at that time telling me, I don't know what this kid's going to do, but you've never seen somebody run like he can. And it's just a different gear. And, and then they played, I believe, Florida State, and he was running away from them. And I was like, this dude's just different. You see Caleb, he's just different. His strength, you know, his, as I said, his power. You, you're going to see him at the combine in his shorts. I don't know. He'll probably not run or do much there. But when you see him, you're just like, man, this guy is an un, a truly. I mean, he's an elite, elite, elite athlete. And there's great athletes coming out. Jaden Daniels is a great athlete. You know, there have been great athletes. This dude is an elite athlete. And that's why he can just make those guys look so silly on a football field, no matter who's rushing them. Harder to do with grown men. Harder to do in the NFL, harder to do with less space, the hash marks and everything that just condenses everything into a, a phone booth. But that is his going away talent. The, the, the learning curve is, is just going to be playing on time and rhythm. So knowing what he knows about Caleb Williams, knowing that his brother is on the staff, we asked Brock Heward about his personality and what we've heard about him as a, a player inside that locker room. Is he well-liked? This is what Heward had to say about uh, Caleb Williams' personality. Yeah, I think this year was a little harder, I'll be honest. You know, I think when he ascended, it's always harder to handle prosperity and success. Um, my brother's on staff there at USC as well, so I, I've got quite a bit of background on this. And I'll tell you the one thing uh, that they loved about that dude is he treated everybody incredible. And that's not always the case in Gen Z, especially when they get a lot of stuff handed to them or have earned. Let me rephrase that because he earned all of that NIL and everything that came in all those accolades. But he treated people incredibly well. He was generous. And we don't talk about that very much with quarterbacks. Right. But again, away from my whole like spinning the football, how are you as a human? How do dudes get around? You know, are you just generous in your time and your gifts and, and giving people, you know, like he gives it away. So those things are really, really cool. I think this year handling prosperity was hard. It was hard. I, I, I don't, you know, there was a little drama at times. I don't know if I, you know, love the crying in front of the cameras, even though they tried to hide his face and do all that stuff. Um, he's real. I mean, he's a real dude. He doesn't try to fake it. Um, but this year, I think, was much, much more challenging, which should only get him ready for the NFL, man. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think he can give you insight because his brother's on the staff that maybe others cannot. Right. I mean, look, I think it's hard to connect dots because I, 
You know, he said a lot of things that were very impressive and would probably soothe any concerns you have about his personality. Then I would ask you the question, well, if he's if he's that great a guy and that good a player, then why wouldn't you draft him first overall? Right. Because you just told us if it was your team, you would move forward with Justin. Right. So, like, I would just, for me personally, yeah, you guys deal however you want. For me personally, I'm not connecting. I'm not going to connect any, you know, specific dots. It's nice to hear my perspective from it was after listening to Brock is – it just reaffirms to me that you've got you've got a, a, a group of good decisions at your disposal. There's not a horrible decision here. Yep. I did a, I, I'm surprised by the results of the poll question that I just did. Would you be happy if the Bears hired Cliff Kingsbury as offensive coordinator? He is one of the latest uh, interviews, uh, and it's brought to you by your local Chicagoland Toyota dealers. Uh, check them out at Drive Toyota, Toyota, Let's Go Places. We have nearly 2,200 votes on the poll already in just about a half hour. So this thing's cooking. You can vote on my Twitter handle, at Waddle and Sylvie. Have you voted? I have not. So you've not seen the results yet? I have not seen the results. What, well, how- my guess is, is that there is a large majority that doesn't want to see this. And I think some of this, just as, again, my perspective, is going to be Justin Fields fans that would see a Cliff Kingsbury hire signal to them that Caleb Williams was more likely to be drafted first overall. So me connecting the dots, as I just said, I wasn't going to connect the dots, but I am going to connect the dots here. That's where I would think, that's where I would say that vastly more than 50% are saying, no, don't do it. And and that's why I'm surprised, because I was thinking more like you. I, w- I was thinking that most people would have thought, Cliff Kingsbury, bad coach. Cliff Kingsbury, bad run in Arizona. They don't want him near this football team that it would signal Caleb Williams or whatever. Yeah. 64.1% say yes. Wow. They would be happy with a Cliff Kingsbury hiring with the Chicago Bears. I'm very I'm surprised by that. Yeah. I am. Now, look, he, he, he checks boxes. Somebody that's been there and done that, not just as an OC, but as a head coach as well. He has familiarity with one of your options, which would be possibly drafting Caleb Williams. Um, so I could see the connection, but I, I thought that it would be almost a visceral reaction yeah. where people would vote no, and they would call you dirty names and tell you that they hate you for even suggesting. Like a 64 now percent yes is, is tough to get 64% of Bears fans to agree on a lot. Yeah, that that's why it surprised me. So you can vote at, at Waddle and Sylvie, uh, Chris in Arizona. I promised to get to Chris. You're on uh, Waddle and Sylvie. What's on your mind? I am begging every Bears fan that just bet, that just posted that thing on 64 percent to please go back and watch Hard Knocks from last year. It will tell you everything you need to know about Cliff Kingsbury and how he will drive our offense into the ground. Now, I don't know about the whole Caleb. I pray that Waddle's right and that he's just being brought in here to um, another mind to pick and see, to learn more about Caleb. Because as far as developing quarterbacks, I'm sorry, he didn't win with Mahomes. He barely developed. I, he is, uh, Tyler Murray has come farther in one year with the, this defensive coach that we got here now than he ever did in the three years that he was with Kingsbury. Go back and look at the times when they were fighting on the, on the sidelines. And, and, and Caleb, or, uh, Murray wouldn't even talk to him. 
We That's what I was going to ask, Chris. Track. My my like, I don't know a ton about Cliff Kingsbury at all. But my one of my lasting memories is is that that relationship disintegrated between the quarterback and the coach at some point. And I'm not blaming Kingsbury. I have no idea. I mean, Chris, you would have a better feel for it since you live out what there. What did you like about what, what how he what, how he came across on Hard Knocks? The fact that his his speeches, his meetings that he would have, he would come out there and they would be. I'm I'm assuming now. I while well, you know this, I, I'm not. I've never played pro ball. But a meeting, a team meeting, I would assume would be more than 15, 20 minutes. I, I would assume his meetings are less than three minutes. They, we, my, my, my brother and me would sit there and time them. Now, I am a diehard Bears fan, and I have tattoos on my body, and I get laughed at all the time, but I take it every minute because I would, even my kids, I said I would never, ever switch teams. I don't care how bad we are. But I got in the radio. I got in my car this morning to come to work. And I put on uh, a hoodie and um, I don't cap? know why I just drew a blank. Cap and yeah, cap and hoodie. How do you I forget cap? How could you and, ever forget yeah. cap? <laughs> I know. It just drew a blank. And they, they mentioned Kingsbury's name. So automatically, the first thing I did is I switched to Arizona Station to see. And I was like, please, please, Dave, don't get wind of this. Please don't get wind of this. And they were already on it. And I had to drive to work for 25 minutes. Driving and them laughing at us, saying it's the same old bears. And all I could think of, Sylvie, was the circle of suck. I'm like, my God, man, please, please, guys, don't fall for. It. He took the he took the Cardinals to the playoffs in one year in a division with Carroll, McVeigh, and Shanahan. And I'll give him that. He did that. But what happened when we got there? It was the worst playoff game in history of the Arizona Cardinals. The plan that he had for that game, we were embarrassed, and the game was over before halftime. So, so, uh, so no your, your, your vote is no for uh, Cliff Kingsbury, Chris. <laughs> no, I was, uh, no. His I, meetings I could, could not have been only right two. Maybe he had a haircut. His, maybe he had a haircut well, well, Maybe that was his speech were, was only two minutes, not his meetings. Maybe. You guys are right. The one thing he was the most famous for was his house. Look, and even when you watch the Hard Knock things, they even made they even had a way of making fun of his house because he had a big lion head on his wall, and it was about him praising himself. Mm. I'm, uh, I, I just, I'm sorry. All right, Chris I, says I no way. Okay, I'm going to watch that. That's 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 well, good. Chris, point I, of I, I'm just, I, I think that I don't know either way. I'm just saying, like. This is an uh, an opportunity for them to talk to somebody who a they may be interested in running their offense, but b somebody that had direct relationship with Caleb Williams this past season. So I don't I don't think there's any harm to having this this interview. Do I we, think it's great. Do we know any former Bears who were on the Cardinals the last few years? Nineteen, twenty, twenty one, and twenty two is when Kingsbury was there. I don't know. I'm not sure. And Charlie, uh, I asked you about where where did his offenses rank? Like again, he was bad head coach. Like he, well, what did he win with Mahomes? What did he win with Kyler? But when you've got a guy who is the defense up and running, and is the head coach, and is calling his own defense, and they're playing better complementary football, and he is developing your quarterback, and he is running your offense, maybe that's a better match. 
Yeah, so their passing yards starting in 2019 in, or in offensive yards are 21st, 6th, 8th, and then 22nd. That's when the wheels kind of fell off. And then in points, they were 16th, 13th, 11th, and 21st. Yeah, there was a stretch in the middle. Remember when he, he first got there, uh, Kyler Murray was um, young, if not a rookie. Mm-hmm. Then there were a couple of years because, as Charlie was saying, in 2021 in the regular season, they averaged 374 yards and 26.5 points per game. So, like, there was a stretch yeah, where they were one of the the top 10 or 12 or 13 well, defenses. Yeah, the, the reason he got hired was because he was Kyler's first college coach right. at Texas Tech. And that's why the, the, when they got the number one overall pick and decided oh. to move on from Rosen, that's why they hired Cliff Kingsbury. Oh, so this, A&M, is, this right? has so happened this, before. Yes. At, well, no. He, uh, oh, yeah. No, you're right. At, at A&M, yeah. yeah. Um, but so they had he had coached him in college, and that's why... They brought him in to be the head coach, to align with the quarterback. And then that relationship frayed a touch towards the end. Well, now, who, whose fault was it? Remember the, all the talk, too? We were just talking about Cade McNown. We were just talking about um, Johnny Manziel. Wasn't the clause put in Kyler Murray's contract about him like limiting his video game playing? Yes. So like, was he studying as much as he should be? Probably not. Cliff's the guy who also did get fired from Texas Tech and then landed on his feet with the Cardinals head coaching job. That was kind of strange, wasn't it? I don't believe he ever had a winning season at Texas Tech, right? Even with Patrick Mahomes, wasn't that one of the, the yeah, stats or the had facts? A horrible defenses because there was that That's game thing. between him and Baker where it was like 65 60 or something like that. Look, maybe he's, like, he, he's, he's definitely not a head coach. We know this, like, but you're not hiring him to be your head coach. That's the thing. Uh, Jim in, in Palos Heights, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, uh, yeah, actually, I'm just uh, calling regards to the coaches. Uh, now, I can't say I'm a professional in anything. Um, I coach you're not 15. a pro in anything? Wait, wait, wait a minute. You've got to be a no. pro in something. Uh, you know what? All I am is a nurse, and I used to be a grammar school football coach for 15 years. That's but wait, it. you're a nurse? Yes, sir. Well, that you're a pro at, at taking care of people. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing to be a pro in. Uh, I guess so. I guess so, yeah. You, you know, it's better than us. Do you see that the, the Carl, or what's his name, uh, Edward Solaire from Kansas City is going to nursing school? Yes. Do you hear that, Jim? Running back for the oh. uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, well, I did not. I yeah, did not. that's good. See? Like, yeah, don't yeah. don't bring yourself. Like, yeah, don't don't, do don't diminish what you do. Like, you do yeah. way more important things than we do. That's for sure. <laughs> well, hey, you guys keep me entertained, and you guys keep me up at night. That's all. <laughs> but we keep you up at night. Now I want to know about yeah. this. How do we keep you okay. up at night? Well, because I, I I listen to your um, podcast, the station at night. Okay. because I work night. I gotcha. I gotcha. So. You guys keep me alert when I need to be. Though. Okay, good, good. Okay, good. <laughs> I hope that you're not listening to us and not paying attention if, in fact, a catheter is involved with somebody. Can you oh, assure us of that, Jim? Okay, just make it sure. Yeah. yeah, as soon as I walk away from the computer and I'm doing patient okay, care. Perfect. Um, okay, perfect. I'm focused on that. All right, we're good. Now we're good. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm calling, actually, I agree with the last caller. Um, I don't think that he is a good candidate at all. And in fact, I don't think any of them are. Um, and the reason why I say this, and you know, you, you can keep Justin, you can do whatever you want, but if you're not going to bring in a guy who 
is more focused on technique. And I could say that against across the board for all the NFL, um, because you know technique is anything. I'll take a guy with technique over speed and strength any day because I mean you could pick those up. You can't teach those, obviously. But I mean I've seen it, you know, high school, college, where you got a no-name player just demolishing. You know, like uh, like you look at Clowney um, quite a few years ago. You know, you throw a guy with like half the technique against him, he's he's inept. He he can't do anything, and that's half the reason why like Clowney didn't even exist in the NFL. I mean, what he he lasted two three years with the Texans and then he was gone. Jim, who who do you want that if you don't like any of the names? Like, is there a guy out there you wish they would talk to? And and that's the problem is because everybody's interviewing for an offensive coordinator. You got to get a head coach, and you got to have him pick his own staff. Mm, that because doesn't sound like that's going to happen, though, Jim. Eh, I mean, you got some guys out there, though. I know, but they've they I mean, announced to all of us that they were moving forward with their existing head coach. I mean, if we, they say that now, but until the pen is on paper. I mean, and and honestly, I don't know who's out there. But what I can't take is another no-name guy with either a poor history or no history coming in and running a Bears franchise. Okay, Jim, can I can I sell you on this? Yes, Nobody really we'll knew much about Bobby Slowick Jr. He was he was an assistant in San Francisco for a while. Then he took over the job as the offensive coordinator for the Houston Texans this year. They find themselves in the second round of the postseason. Their rookie quarterback is going to win rookie of the year. Looks spectacular. They are making a ton of progress, and they're doing a lot of great stuff with a lot of people that most of us don't even really know them very well. So can I sell you that maybe you can find someone like Bobby Slowick Jr. to do something comparable. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, what is he focused on? I mean, is it pure strategy, or does he actually work with the players during practice, like a meaningful practice, not like... Jim, I don't know. Maybe he's an English teacher. I don't know, but the Houston Texans offense is humming right now. Yeah, yeah. Did you hear the story, too, that they told about what Shani put... Bobby Slowick through when he was with him. I I think it was in Washington, too, when they were first together in Washington. When he said, like, Bob Slowick, his dad, was Wani's defensive coordinator here. Yeah, he was one of the coaches when I was there. Never pressed. Never pressed his defensive backs. It used to drive me crazy. Um, So, anyway... He told him originally, he uh, Bobby Sloak Jr. always wanted to coach offense. And when he was a young coach with him, he said to him, he goes, look, I want you to coach defense. Yeah. I, I know you want to coach offense. Coach defense for me. Start off coaching defense. Coach defense for many years when they got to San Francisco. He goes, look, now you're ready. Yeah. Now, now you know the background of defensive concepts and everything that goes into a defense. Now coach offense. Because now you know, and a lot of people have always said this, now you've got the background on how defenses are played. Now you know how to slay the defense. Yeah. So, it's a good concept. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was very interesting. And there's a method to a lot of the madness that McVay and, and Shanahan put their young coaches through. You know, they were together in Washington. That's why and, they're, yeah. That, and that's why their tree, so to speak, is one with some pretty 
hefty branches. Yes. And reliable branches. Uh, one uh, Brian uh, tweeted us and he said, ask Hollywood Brown about Greg Roman in Kingsbury. Uh, the guy requested a trade from Baltimore because of Greg Roman. And well, then he Des went, Bryant and then, sent out the tweets right. also, right. you know, about how if you were a wide receiver joking and Greg Roman is about to be your offensive coordinator, immediately ask for a trade. But then this is a guy who played in Baltimore under Greg Roman and then went to yeah. uh, Arizona and played for Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. So he could speak to both. And did he say that he, he asked for a trade in both places? Is that what he was saying? No, isn't Hollywood Brown still there? Isn't he still in Arizona? He's still there. Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Um, and then uh, this is uh, uh, like this is something that I said. Cliff would be an awful head coaching hire, but makes sense at offensive coordinator, especially if the Bears are planning to take Caleb Williams. So that's another tweet. So, you know, a, a lot of people have different opinions and we'll continue to take your calls. Um, can I take Bong Water, Chad, really quick? He's always a good call. Then we'll get to Waddle's world. What's up, Chad? Shalom, gentlemen. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously still on the fence about keeping Eberflus, but, you know, I'm starting to calm down. But what I wanted to say is um, I'm actually really happy the fact that they're, they're bringing in multiple people. They're taking their time. It seems like Poles is doing his due diligence. Um, if you look at what the Bulls have done in the past with what the Sox have done in the past, I'm not going to lie. I have expected a, cor- uh, a coordinator to already be named, that they – kind of had somebody sitting there that oh let's bring this guy in this will be our guy let's move forward so i think the fact that they're bringing multiple people in that they're turning every stone over for me i think it's a really big positive with what they plan on doing moving forward and i just want to hear your guys thoughts on that have a great day fellas good call um I, I said to Waddle, maybe they've got more money to pay an offensive coordinator too since they're not paying eberflus a lot of money and then because the coaching cycle of hiring coaches is going slow, maybe they can afford to take their time because the other offensive coordinators are not getting hired yet. Once they start getting gobbled up, you may have to then speed this thing up. I don't think that I agree with Chad. It's the way I've felt all along. The more, the more candidates, the better. You're just gathering information and you're getting different people's perspectives. Last thing I would want to see is two guys coming in and then picking from one of two guys, that's not the case. No. It looks like they're doing all of their homework and their research, and it's I like it. Uh, all right, let's get to Waddle's world. It's that time again when we venture deep into the great unknown. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. A trip inside the mind of a multi-concussed former Bears wide receiver. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him, and he had an all-time day in the use of smelling salt. Buckle up, boys and girls. Tom Waddle, everything wants to have a Tom Waddle. If I had a football team, I'd like to have a Tom Waddle on my team because you draw from that. It's time to go inside. Waddle's World. Tom Waddle did have to use a lot of smelling salt. Oh, you got that right, John. Waddle's World's brought to you by the great people, our friends, and our partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us member FDIC. I've been looking for this story for quite some time, and it's an older from a week or so ago. Did you see the, the I saw it was on I think it was on Twitter. But the guy in Alabama that jumped into the Bass Pro Shop, uh, oh, yeah, the giant aquarium inside the store, he stripped down to his birthday suit and plunged into the giant aquarium inside the store. Did you see that on and, and, well, Twitter? Did, he, and did, did, 
almost go inside out on him too. I wasn't paying attention as much to the uh, the old growing shot. It was a ninny. Didn't he have an ninny? Look cold, and I'm not talking about the belly button either. Uh, but I didn't understand why he was doing what he was doing. I didn't know if you know he had some drugs flowing through his system. He was trying to win a bet or whatever the case may be. But it finally, uh, the 42 year old Alabama man with the uh, small package, as you like to say, did a cannonball leap into the aquarium and then stood under a waterfall. He left the water to yell at two officers and then dove back into the aquarium. Police said the man eventually climbed over the side of the aquarium and fell to the concrete floor below. Police then apprehended him. He faces several charges, including public lewdness, a small penis, and disorderly conduct and criminal mischief. What? They let him off easy because of that. The man was in the water for about five minutes before officers arrived. If I'm not mistaken, I haven't been to a, 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 a ton of Bass Pro Shops, this outdoor world. Aren't there like fish in there? Like, isn't that's what it? Like, I was wondering. Like, I know that, it's, it's an aquarium right. because there's live, and you can test like fishing lures right. and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Aren't there, aren't there fish that bite? Well, we probably can't. I make mean, fail. if there's fish in there, I'm assuming if you put a little bit of bait on the hook, they'll bite. Not a lot of bait down there. Not though. a lot of bait. The man had his night crawler. Crawler wasn't. It didn't seem to be very enticing. He can't. He can't make bail because we know he's not very well endowed. What does the size of his stuff have to do with his bank account, Chuck? It's a double entendre. Is it? So he's got no money because he's got... He's, I, not, he's not impressive below the belt? I got you, Charlie. Yeah, Sylvie's got you. I got you. Oh, yeah? You can't make bail. I'm trying to figure it out. It's, it's a double a meaning. Like, can't you say that you're not well endowed as far as, like, you don't have a, a big bank account? Think about oh, okay. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, now it makes sense. Charlie, sometimes... Maybe I just, I need to raise my level of expectation for you. That's on me. My bad. I thought it was hilarious when Tyler said I asked Charlie if he'd ever fasted. And he goes, I don't know. Tyler goes, no, he just forgot to feed himself. <laughs> there was one time where it was, it was a few years ago. It was like four o'clock. And I was like, man, I haven't eaten anything. It's like, it was the first polar vortex in 18. So I just finished off a jar of peanut butter. How, how full was it? It was like half full. It wasn't one of those big tubs you get from like Costco. It was more one you get from Walgreens. But yeah, it was about halfway full. They did have a. Was it chunky or was it just uh, no, smooth? Smooth. Got to go smooth. Oh, I like the chunk. I give me the peanuts in there. I said peanuts. Are you sure? Yeah, I said peanuts. I've been wanting to bring you this story as well. An exploding, exploding toilet at a Dunkin' Donuts store in Florida left a customer filthy and injured, a lawsuit claims. Oh, that's disgusting. Can you believe that? That's one of, like, the, the worst things that could happen to you that's not harmful. Do you know what I mean? Like, in the realm of bad things. Exploding toilets? Yes. Isn't it? It's not a good thing. There's no doubt. Like, that can't... That could harm you, though. In fact, there's a lawsuit. Uh, Orlando, Florida, a customer has filed a negligence lawsuit against Duncan, claiming he was injured by an exploding toilet at one of the coffee chain's locations in central Florida. Especially at Dunkin' Donuts. Like, yeah. Think about the stuff that goes on in the Dunkin' Donuts bathroom. With, with a, a, a people drinking a large amounts of coffee and donuts and, and pastries. And hot and hot breakfast sandwiches. Most people are they sitting there and eating? Are they taking it 
to go. That's why I was wondering if you're getting a lot of customers in the men's room. Well, I think you know this. You often use these places as a pit stop. I could go anywhere. Right. And you'll stop there and you'll purchase a cup of coffee just to use their bathroom in an emergency. Sometimes I won't even buy anything. I'll just run in and use their facility and walk out. And other people will do that. Yeah. You know, and, and, and those things, I'm sure, get a lot of mileage Let me ask you that. a question for that. Should I have a lifetime pass for a Dunkin' Donuts toilet? As much money as I've spent and as much time as I have spent in Dunkin' Donuts and consuming their product, if, in fact, I need to step into a building and use the facility... Do you believe I should have like a fast pass? I, I think so. That I just I show the the because some places you, will say you, you should you have a medical use, card. You know how like yeah, there you go. Back in the day, how about before, a bracelet. I have a yes, bracelet. Before weed was legal, you, you would get a, a medical card for yes. it. You should have a medical card as someone who's got a bad stomach that you could use anybody's bathroom without purchasing stuff. Okay, but I'm going even further, not even like a medical situation. No, I know this, that you, you because you pay I've rewards. been there for, yeah, I have a rewards you card. Got the you're, brown, you're at you're brown tier. Yeah, I'm platinum. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that brown tier. Yeah. But it's not always necessarily that you got to sit down and drop a, 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 a yeah, deuce. you got to go number but one, too. some places from drinking say a lot of you're not allowed to use the restroom right. unless you're a, a customer. I'm saying I've spent so much damn money at Dunkin' Donuts over the course of, let's say, I mean, Boston. Like, that's where I was first introduced to Dunkin' Donuts back in the 80s. Oh, the, the I had the never best. known growing up at Cincinnati. I didn't know what a Dunkin' Donuts was. They were on every corner in Boston. I became addicted to Dunkin' Donuts in the mid-80s. It was my first coffee, too, that yeah. I fell in love with. It's so Dunkin' Donuts coffee. It was quest- just better and different. My question is, is if I walk into a Dunkin' Donuts. You should. You should have, if someone is listening to us who works in a Dunkin' Donuts, like is in management, is there a way Waddle can get a fast pass for the bathroom? Someone, yeah. someone said in Twitch, T. Ryan says, the ass pass. Okay. The ass pass. Instead of the fast pass, very good, the ass pass. And look, I'm not looking to come in and, 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 and do anything nefarious. I just may need to use the restroom. Fair, what, what, like, what, what, what were you thinking? Others know. were thinking you're I doing in that bathroom. I well, I mean, like, I'm not, not always looking in there to like just crush your toilet. Waddle's got a magazine now. What's he yeah. doing in the Duncan right. bathroom? I, I'm not coming in there to crush your toilet. I just may. I'm up in age. I'll be 57 in a month. By the way, I, I you know what I discovered recently? Dunkin' Donuts. If you're 55 or older, you get a free cup of coffee. You don't have to pay for your cup of coffee. Did you know that? Google that. Guys, Google this. I read this recently. Is it, do you need an AARP card for that, though? I don't know. But Google, I, I read this recently. So, so you're telling me, because I'm over 55, that I could actually go into Dunkin' Donuts and all my coffee's free? Now, I don't know if you have to purchase like a donut with it or something. But I read recently... You just have to use the bathroom and you get a free cup of coffee. That you get free coffee if you're 55 years or older at Dunkin' Donuts. Every day or just like once a month? I don't know the rules to this. I didn't read the fine print. I'm seeing 10%. I'm seeing 5% on 65 and over from a few years ago. I'm not seeing free, though. You're just trying to bait me into going to the Dunkin' Donuts over there and causing a scene saying, where's my free coffee? This was, a, like, I, I still, you know me, I still go in uh, in Facebook groups. And this is in a Niles North Facebook group. 
And it was what are you ri- doing in that Niles North face- Facebook group? Talking about free coffee? You catch up with people. When do you have time to catch up with people? You don't want to be bothered by a phone call, for Christ's sake. <laughs> well, I'm just, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to spend that, honey. I'm not going to be available. I'm going to spend the next hour reconnecting with people on my Facebook And, and we're, we're getting old. And it said, for people who've turned 55, you get free coffee from Dunkin' Donuts. Are you trying to get a fake ID? Because you're not 55. We're now into the group of getting fake IDs. We used to get fake IDs to get into the bars. Now we're getting fake IDs to get free cups of coffee. And other stuff that they give to old people for free. Anyway, this guy's name's Paul. And he's seeking more than $100,000 in a lawsuit that he filed a while ago. In, uh, in state court in Orlando, claiming he suffered severe and long-term injuries following the explosion of a toilet in the men's room. After the expo- explosion, Paul, covered in human feces, urine, and debris, he walked out of the men's room seeking help from workers and the store manager, according to the lawsuit. An employee told him that they were aware of the problem with the toilet since there had been previous incidents, the lawsuit said, without diving into further details about the explosion. But Paul goes into the bathroom just looking to use the facilities and comes out like he was in some sort of crazy scene in a horrible movie. And he wants a hundred grand. I think it's I think he deserves it. A hundred grand for an exploding toilet, I think is, is I think I think yes. Dunkin' Donuts is getting off easy on that. Yes. That I would wake up in a cold sweat every night if I got an exploding toilet. Would you go back to Dunkin' Donuts? Not that Dunkin' well, Donuts, the, but would you go yes. back to another Dunkin' Donuts? Yeah, I just I'd use the bathroom elsewhere. I would if I knew that about about you, I would follow you around and wait for you to go into the Dunkin' Donuts, see if you have a pattern, and then I would put an exploding device in a toilet. You would see just, if I could get you, you again. Get PTSD. Get you again. You would just you would make the exploding yeah. sound effect I wherever would. you went. No, I would in hope, public. I could, would hope that you'd go in there. Flush the toilet, and you'd get another exploding toilet scene. All right, when we come back, I do have another story. This one, just the headline, freaks me out. And it'll probably will freak you out as well. That's next. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. This is Waddle and Sylvie. Listen now in HD on our app and on ESPN 1000. Uh, A couple of airplane stories for you. Passenger trapped in airplane bathroom for the entire flight gets a note from the attendant. Sir, we tried our best. You know how claustrophobic I am? Yeah. You got locked in the bathroom once. Yes, in a small regional jet, and the bathroom was in the very back. And my head was basically had to crouch down to actually even get in the bathroom. So it was the tiniest of airplane bathrooms, and I got stuck in there for like 10 minutes. I thought I was going to have a grabber. <laughs> I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Anyway, um, a Spice Jet passenger had a horrible flying experience after getting trapped in the bathroom for nearly the entire flight. A passenger unfortunately got stuck inside the lavatory for about an hour, the budget airline said in a statement addressing the involuntary downgrade. It's a good way to describe it. The unnamed flyer reportedly went to use the bathroom shortly after takeoff on a one-hour and 45-minute flight from one area, I don't know, and in, in, I think it was in India. However, when he tried to leave after doing his business, the door wouldn't open due to a lock malfunction, which I had, effectively trapping the passenger inside the bathroom. The crew and other passengers desperately attempted to free the flyer 
from the uh, situation, but to no avail. As a result, he was relegated. It says here to the great honey bucket in the sky for nearly the entire flight. The honey bucket in the sky. An That's what the- to call the pa- calm the passenger during the in-flight situation. Crew members slid a note under the door, trying to reassure him. Sure, we tried our best to open the door. However, we could not. Do not panic. We are landing in a few minutes, so please close the commode lid, sit on it, and secure yourself. As soon as the main door is open, an engineer will come and okay. let you know. Here's a would you rather. It's a would you rather. Thursday, send us your would you rathers. Uh, hashtag at WS would you rather. Send them to CRBevins11 and send them to Tyler Aki underscore. I know your fear of getting stuck in an elevator. Would you rather get stuck on an elevator for an hour or get stuck in an airplane bathroom for an hour? An elevator. You'd rather get stuck on an elevator? Probably so, yes. Because there's more room? Well, it doesn't smell like crap as well. <laughs> it's pretty good. You know, that's one thing. But at least you have a bathroom if you have to go. Well, if I have to go, if I'm in the elevator and it's stuck and I have to go to the bathroom, gonna I'm go? going. Really? Yes. You're what gonna... do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Wait till the elevator well, doors open. If what I'm saying if I number... had to. What if you have to go number two? Would I... Well, then I'm going to go number two. You're going to drop trowel and go number two in a bathroom. If, in, I mean, fact, in, a, in, if an elevator. in fact, I can't hold it any longer and it's causing me pain. Of course, I'm not going to do it just haphazardly. Well, you know what? I ain't got nothing to do right now. Why don't I just crouch down here and do this? Here's what I think about your faulty elevator. That's not it. It's not going to be done as a penalty to the to the building. What would you do if you would you rather you know soil yourself? No, I have a pretty good ability of holding. What if you didn't? It's not really been the case ever. Well, if I didn't have to go, I'm not just going to randomly do it. But if for whatever reason I was forced to have to use the elevator as a toilet, I would. You think this is funny, too, because like when we get on the elevator, you like to, you know, jump like up and shake down it. and stuff. Yeah. I shake it. Yeah. Wait, well, what's going to happen? The elevator's not going to fall out of the sky. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like, but if somebody, if you said to somebody, hey, I don't like this at all. This is really something that bothers me. How would you feel if somebody just intentionally... And- it's an irrational thought out of you. Of course nothing's, it is. Nothing's going That's to happen. That's what anxiety is. It's irrational fear. I just... I move my knees to shake the elevator a little yeah. bit. Yeah. douche. That I am. Is there anything that scares you at all? Well, like real stuff, like a James Bond character that that could go wrong, like real stuff, like nothing's going to happen to you on the elevator. You don't know that. Nothing. You don't know that. Not in an A-floor building. What happens if for whatever reason, like the cable snaps and then you drop floors? Right. Nothing. You're fine. Who do you, are you a superhero? Yeah. I'm Batman. All right. uh, Is that, you got another one? No, I'm good. Uh, are the White Sox finally making their best decision in years? And is this going to be the decision they're making? Uh, is, Jerry Krause may have won, um, Jerry Reinsdorf, I should say, may have won a uh, big game of chicken with the city. We'll get to that coming up next.